This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Through our dialogue together on this platform, we, we aim to draw relevancy from the biblical text and bring clarity to our own religious experience. I'm inviting you to uh, come into the room as a guest, join the conversation, and, and share your sacred stories with us. I, I would like for you to share with us today how God has been active in your life, how God is active in your life. Come on in and tell us about it. Now, before we get started, I would just like to read a passage of scripture to kind of set a little context here. It comes from the, the book of Acts, the third chapter, verses two to eight, and it reads in this way. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at, at him as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So, the Lord, why did I read it? Because it, it, uh, Let's us have another look, another example at how God was active in someone's life. And guess what? He used people to bring his healing into the life of another man. So no, the apostles didn't heal this man by their own power. They were used by God to bring this healing into this man's life. Now, I am expecting a guest who today, his name is Daquan McKnight, but until he gets here, we can continue to talk about this. And again, if you, if you have a um, story about how God is active in your life, how he has been active and how he is active in your life, please jump on in and come share your story with us. I think someone around the world will be encouraged as they hear about your encounter with God. So don't be shy, just come on in. But as we um, look at this particular text that came from the book of Acts, I get excited about it because we are immediately introduced to the frailty of the human condition. And in this same portion of scripture, we also, we see a great model for urban ministry. And of course, we see the, transformative power of God in action. So if I could, if I could put a, uh, a title on this short message or short conversation, 
It would certainly be that somebody is at the door of the church. If you remember, the scripture that I read clearly said that there was a man crippled from birth who was being carried to the temple gate. And it was there at the temple gate where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So as I'm reading this, and we're talking about how has God been and how is God active in your life? And right now we're looking at how God was active in this man's life. But right away, as we read this story, um, our attention is drawn to this condition of the man. Interestingly enough, he, he remains nameless in the story, but we have come to know him through his condition and his location. So his condition is described in this way. He is said to have been crippled from birth. And biblical scholars conclude that he was a little over 40 years old. So let's just talk about that for a moment. Think of this, being crippled from birth, never being able to move independently with freedom for 40 years. He never knew what it was to walk upright for great distances without help. And at this point in his life, he was to be carried, he had to be carried, every day to a place where the traffic was a little busy so that he could beg for some money. His location, very simple. The place he was carried to was the temple gate. Now, if this story took place in our modern day context, we would find him right outside the doors of the church. Imagine that, a crippled man laying right outside the doors of the church. This certainly provides a model for our contemporary ministry, and we'll get to that. But it was there at the temple gate that many people in the faith community would hear him begging. Now, some would give and others would simply pass him by. I would imagine that his condition was looked down upon and the, the fullness of his humanity was looked over entirely. His condition had shaped his identity and his social status. So now, so far, this story, a few verses from the biblical text is reminding me of the current condition of humanity, much like the man in the story from birth. We have entered into a, a fallen world and we are in need of divine intervention. Yes, we have been crippled by sin and, and it shows up. It shows up in injustice. It shows up in inequality. It shows up in racialized violence and mass incarceration. It shows up in inadequate health care and inadequate educational resources. The crippled man in this story had to beg because he was ostracized from the benefits of society. And we also have had to ask for, to pray for, to beg for, to plead for, to fight for, and struggle for human rights, civil rights, the right to vote, equal opportunity to earn a living, and we 
had to and still have to ask and fight and endure as we continue this journey towards justice and equality. So praise God, I'm moving on. We're gonna get to the point where God intervenes and helps and he uses people to do it. So now here's, here's the sad part. The, the gates of the temple were right in front of his eyes, but he didn't seem to make it past the gate and into the temple because of his condition. He was marginalized, excluded from fellowship in the religious community, and perhaps even um, considered as being spiritually unclean because of his condition. Now, how sad is that? That someone who is unable to help themselves, who's sick, who's, who's immobile, is considered to be spiritually unclean because of his condition, forced to beg. So the story continues. It says that when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now, let me just stop right there for a second and just remind you that I am inviting you to come on in. If you want to share with me how God is active in your life, has been and is active, just feel free to come on in and, and tell us, uh, share your testimony, as they say. So Peter looked straight at him, and so did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So now my imagination leads me to believe that this man was so used to hanging his head in shame that maybe he wouldn't make eye contact with Peter and John and others who passed him by. But Peter looked straight at him and said, look at us. So the man, he gave them his attention and he probably expected that he was about to get something from them. He raised his head looking at them. He had this, this hopeful expectation of, of receiving money. He anticipated that he was going to get what he asked for, which was money. Getting a little money was all that he hoped for. And now somebody is coming on in. Nikita Grant is coming in. We welcome you today. We thank you for coming in. Thank you for being so brave enough. I just want to, to hear your story about how God is active in your life. Yes, good afternoon. I'm so grateful to be here. And when I saw your title, it just, you know, hit me and reminded me of how God is good. And, you know, all the things that I've been through, what I've come through to this far in this moment in time. And, you know, for me, it was since um, birth or in my mother's womb, like he told Jeremiah, I knew you was, I knew you be, way before you was formed in your mother's womb. So since birth for me, um, I shouldn't even be here. And, you know, God knows the reason and the purpose for each and every one of our lives. So since birth, my mom tried to, you know, kill herself with me. Um, being pregnant with me so ever since then i knew <clears throat> excuse me it was a reason and a purpose that god had me here and all the things that i went through um through abuse foster care and everything that i came out of 14 year domestic violence violence i knew god had me and there was a reason sometimes we don't understand the things that we went through and we question why and i had to stop questioning why and saying thank god why not because he kept me here through it all 
for to be the person that I am today. So with the um, my business and ministry that he gave me was to be that voice because, you know, when you go through a lot of trauma, you're not the person to talk. You're always, you know, shut down, quiet, kept to the side, and people don't, you know, ostracize you, your family, your friends. Nobody believes nothing you went through. But, God, I'm still here. <clears throat> and he had to get put me around people that will push me out my comfort zone to speak up for others and be that voice for those who can't speak for themselves. So it's a blessing and an honor that God kept me. There's plenty of times, like I said, I shouldn't be here. Suicidal, depressed, cutter, um, went through rape at 19 by my pastor's son, you know, molested by my stepbrother. I mean, nobody but God. So now, with all that I've been through, he put me here to help others. So I'm helping those who can't speak up for themselves, people who've been through the foster care system, the elderly, the veterans. I just recently helped a client who, after 50 years, 50 years now, never had a birth certificate or social security card. But because of People don't believe when I say I get the job done, I get it done. So when they hear me, they say, oh, this little, sound like a little kid. Um, she's not, people can walk over me. No, but the God in me made me bold. He made me not fearful to use my voice. So after all these years, I was able to help get this man his birth certificate and his social security card. I call senators' offices. I will call the congressman. I have no problem making these calls now because of the strength that God gave me. He had to sit me down first and let me know, if you trust me, stop having fear. Have the faith to know that I got you. When I say I got you, I got you. I don't care what your family said. I don't care what the bank account looked like. I don't care what you're going through. You have to trust me. Everybody' favorite scripture is faith the size of a mustard seed. He gave me a whole new scripture on um, faith when it came to the satyrian soldier. And Jesus was in so much awe because this man had more faith than his disciples. When he told him, you ain't got to come to my house. I believe that my servant will be healed. And I tell you, that scripture just stuck with me. This is right, right before COVID. And God had to literally sit me down and, you know, get in his word and let him let me know, trust me and only me, and I will get you through what you need to get through. And I tell you, he's been doing that since then. Amen. Well, let me ask you this. First of all, I, you know, it's so, so, I'm sorry to hear of the, the traumatic experiences early in your life, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's really painful to listen to that, but it's also good news knowing that God has since intervened and helped you, just like this man who was crippled laying at the entrance to the outside the church, right outside. <laughs> and people just passed him by. And, and, and But God intervened by sending somebody his way that would help him. But let me ask you a question. Because mm -hmm. um, you, you went in a little deep very quickly, and I really appreciate the transparency, and I don't mean for you to, you don't have to um, um, itemize everything that, that was contributed to the trauma in mm -hmm. your life, but let me ask you a question. Were you raised in the church? Yes. You were raised in the church. Okay, so uh, can you describe the difference between your childhood perception of God and how you view God now, your image of God, how it has changed from your childhood to now? Oh, most definitely. Um, in my childhood, of course, when you go into church, you're just going because your parents make you go. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you wasn't there to really get an understanding of what 
God is and who he is. Um, and then, you know, at the same time we was in church, we're, we're going through trauma. We're being abused a lot by my parents at the same time. And, you know, what they say in the black community, what goes behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. So at the same time, we was going there every day, pretending everything was okay. But like I said, we was being um, physically abused so bad that we was beat like bleed through our clothes so nobody understood this until our pastor at the time God showed her something's not right so with that being said and now I had to learn and realize who God was for myself um your parents can make you go and make you you know read your bible and you know do what they tell you to do but until you get to know God for you anybody can tell you what they say or make you believe something but I had to have my own intimate relationship with God um, when I got of age to understand who he is, what he said he is, and what he's going to do. And also, I tell you, when you get your own relationship with him and understand who he is and hear his voice for yourself and not people tell you, it's a beautiful thing. Um, you can go through as much hell as you want to, but he is not like man. He will keep you. He will be there for you. He, he is not a man that shall lie. So that's why it's a different from me. And I grew up religious. So I had to understand the difference between religious and um, what God is saying. Um, people can tell you what they want to tell you. But until you read that word for yourself and get a better understanding, I tell you my life has changed. I understood that ministry for everybody is different. And I keep telling people, you never saw Jesus behind closed doors. He was among the people. So my ministry is not behind closed doors. Nothing against those who's behind doors and pastoring. But you forget, there's people out here in the streets that need help just as much as those behind closed doors. So he had to show me um, ministry at the same time. He does not want his people broke down and disgusted and depressed. You can still live your life, travel, and have a good time. Also, be at the same time, be obedient to God's word. But he never had us sitting down and being depressed down. Travel, love on you, but at the same time, love God first. And he wanted his people happy. So I had to learn to get that religious state of mind out of me. And now my children, I teach my children, they see, okay, I can trust God. It's not what everybody make it seem to be. Um, my mom was seen with examples through my children. I'm showing them. Put God first in everything you do. I don't care what it is. But still at the same time, be obedient to him and his word. And you can still live your life. And that's the problem some of us was having, being taught that we can't live and be depressed down and not do the things of the world. He said you can be of the world, but not do be a doer of it. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, you know, I like when you say that um, you had to move from from religion to relationship, basically. Uh-huh. And and um, I I also say that um, I've always said that my one of the reasons for coming on on this on this podcast is that people often draw conclusions about God and about religion from what they see people do, how they're treated by people, and what they hear people say, uh-huh. as opposed to investigating for themselves. So you, like you said, you need to find out for yourself mm-hmm. and, 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 and let God speak to you. So um, at some point in your life, you were able to reach out and cry out to God in a, with a, a genuine uh, cry for his intervention. And God did. So how do you hear the voice of the Lord today? How does God speak to you? So he speaks to everybody differently. For me, I'm through visions and dreams, and sometimes I can just hear a voice. 
It could be through a song. It could be anything. So when you have that personal relationship with God, you'll know his voice for yourself. Yes, the enemy can be tricky. He can try to make it seem like but God, but you can know for yourself. He will let you know. So I hear him all the time speaking to me. And it could be through someone else. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so do you, when did you, you know, it's, it's hard. To, imagine somebody listening to this mm-hmm. who's experiencing trauma in their life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard for them to imagine that God possibly loves them, as you said, while you were even in your mother's womb. Mm-hmm. So how do we try to convince somebody to trust a God, to trust a God that they can't see, mm-hmm. one that loves them, but yet they're going through a living hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hard for me to. Um, it took a while. Um, I, I had to get some counseling. Um, and I, I recommend that for anybody who's been through trauma. I don't care what kind of counseling it is. Get your counseling. Um, he mm-hmm. put me in some spiritual counseling. He knew this is what I needed. I needed to talk to someone that would understand where I was coming from with the questions and hating the things that God put me through. So, I mean, it's okay to have these questions. It's okay to feel like that um, because he wants us to understand, come talk to me. Have a conversation with me. I will explain to you why you went through, what's the purpose of your um, trauma, why you've been through what you've been through. And yes, you can be upset. He wants us to go through these emotions. If people tell us different, that's wrong. He wants us to feel these things. You have plenty examples in his word of how his disciples or others that went through some things that was angry with God about the things they went through. But eventually in the turnaround, they see, okay, now I know why I went through what I went through to help others to be in a better place that I I am in today. He does not want us to sit there and die out in these situations. He wants us to learn from them and understand, yes, it's hard as hell. Yes, it's not easy. And no, I know what I I'm doing but then I realized he gave his only son the only son he had for our lives so I had to stop and you know stop being selfish and think of the things that I went through to help somebody else and understand the things why he did what he did for me amen 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 so now um I like to Nikita I always <laughs> post these episodes get posted up on Apple Podcast and all the different podcast outlets as well as YouTube. Um, I hope you don't object to that. Oh no, I, I don't mind. Okay, so so if you if you would be kind enough to visit my website, it's it's www.reverendjstuartglover.com, and there you can just send me a little bio information, a picture, so I can put it up with this mm-hmm. with this episode. So now um, you mentioned your ministry. So let's see. So 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 far. You've talked about how God was was the trauma that you went through and mm-hmm. how you eventually you moved, even though you were raised up in a re- religious family, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff was going on behind the scenes that was very troubling and disturbing in your life. And God has helped you. He's used people to help you. You've sought out counseling. Um, you've, you've strengthened your relationship with intimate relationship with God through, I'm imagining, through prayer and study or reading of the scripture and allowing God to speak to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mentioned your, your ministry activity. Now, God is using you mm-hmm. in, in spite of all the things that you've gone through. Um, God is now able to use you um, to help some, somebody else. So what, what type of um, 
ministry, you said you, you like to raise your voice to be a voice for those who can't speak for themselves. What type of ministry activity are you involved with? Yes. So um, for us, the ministry that we're in, our leader is teaching us to be leaders. Um, our trauma or whatever we went through is our ministry and is my business. So me being a former foster care survivor, being abused, being domestic violence survivor 14 years, that's my business. That's my ministry. I help those, like I said, who can't speak for themselves, for foster care children who've been out on the streets, who um, are just put out there. They're not even taught how to look for a job or how to even, you know, look for benefit things that a normal life person a person would do in a normal everyday life so i'm there to help them get started for elderly people i just helped a client um unfortunately he passed um to get home um because he was getting mistreated in a nursing home so i was able to get him the care that he needed before he died um and just recently i've been helping parents who've been had their children taken care away away from them um, through CPS, I've been helping them get their rights, you know, back with their children. And because I've been a, uh, a guardian at Lydum, I'm also those that person that speaks up for the children that have been abused. So this is what God gave me because I've been in every part of genre. I had been through it all. So he lets us, whatever we've been through, um, is part of our ministry and is part of our business. He gave me this during COVID. And I didn't think about no starting no business or, you know, being speaking up for people because I'm very quiet. I, I'm keeping myself. But he said, no, I'm going to use you like he did Jeremiah because Jeremiah didn't want to go and speak. And all he felt like every time I talk is bad news. But he's like, no, you're going to be out there using your voice, whether they hear you or not. This is what I'm giving you. So that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, that that is certainly a wonderful story. So I read a, I started out this session reading the scripture about a man being laid at the temple. Um, he was crippled mm-hmm. from, from birth. And then, you know, you're reminding me of this very same scripture because that that same story says that when when the, when the guy asked them for money, um, they they told him, you know, to get up in the name of Jesus. But mm-hmm. what they did, they didn't just tell him to get up. The Bible says that they, they uh, that he took him mm-hmm. by his right hand and he helped him up. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't just that he said, "Get up in Jesus' name and walk," but he actually bent down and he and he took him by the right hand and he helped him up. So he extended uh, an arm to help this man get up. And as he was doing that, the Bible says that instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. So here in that text, we see the healing, the restoration, the gift of God bestowed upon a man who was crippled from birth. We see his condition, his rescue, his healing. We saw his life change. So, you know, if I was to ask the question, how does this story serve as a great model for urban ministry today? I think you've answered that. For in, in your testimony, you know, um, how does this story offer ministerial guidance to us collectively and individually? It's not just about quoting scripture at people, uh-huh. but sometimes we got to get down and bend down and help lend that hand to help somebody stand up. But the key word you said was he got up. He could have just sat there. He didn't have to move. He could have just stayed in the 
um, situation he was in. But that's the part we don't we forget. He got up. So you have to make that choice. You have to change your mindset. Do I want to continue in the situation that I am in? Do I want to stay broke down, depressed, down, suicidal? Or do I want to get up and start living the life that God gave me? No, it's not going to be easy. No, it's, it's going to be hard some days. I still have my moments. I still have my days. But God, I had to learn to start speaking like I had to learn to get up and knowing that every day I'm doing this not just for me, but I'm doing it for others. I'm saving lives. I don't feel right if I'm not getting up saving a life every day. Every day a life is important to me. So that's why he gave me that passion and concern to help others. People who've been through traumas are givers and we like to help a lot. Um, and I don't know if anyone noticed that we either in the medical field or we're in some type of field that deals with law or helping others. So when you read that, that was the key point. You got to get up. It's up to you. We can't make you, your family, your friends, um, church members, whoever it is, can't force you to get out of something you don't want to get out of. So that's the key word. Are you really ready to get up? Amen. And you know what I have found and in my little experience with, you mentioned, um, uh, abused women and battered women um, and, and as coming across your path of ministry. What I have noticed is that, and this is, you know, people know this, that, and if there's somebody listening to this today, that often they find that a woman who is living in a situation with dom domestic violence, mm -hmm. somehow they feel as though that they can't leave. Mm -hmm. And they feel like they have to return to the situation. Mm -hmm. At what point do you think someone should sever that relationship? Uh, so for me, and I can only speak on my behalf, and I know for others it's hard because when you're stuck like that, you feel like you depend on that person who's been abusing you because you feel like you don't have nothing else you can do um, once you're in that situation or you feel like you can't leave. I don't have the finances. I don't have no, no family support. Nobody believes me. Um, but I'm telling you, for me, he opened that door for me. Um, I had to make the choice in my mind. Once I leave, I'm not I'm not coming back. I have children. And um they was there through all that that was going on and when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, he will make a way for you to go. Now it's up to you to make that choice to leave. Um sometimes it's hard and it's not easy. And I finally had the right people my family didn't believe nothing I was telling you. Uh, you know, this like, you know, some people say, girl, you better be glad you have a man. But at the same time, are you going through what I'm going through? This man mentally, emotionally, and physically beating the heck out of you? So it, it's, it's a mindset you have to change. You're going to have to get in a place of, okay, I got to get out of this. If not, it's going to kill me. Um, and like I said, it's not easy. And it's hard. And, of course, you got to get the right people that's going to be in your ear to give you that encouragement to let you know it's okay. It's not your fault. Um, we think that we blame ourselves. I blame me because I thought this man was the man for me, and I thought he was sent by God. And, um, no, he wasn't. It was all flesh. I chose him by flesh. And um, I learned, you know, you learn from your mistakes. And I want my children, because I got girls, to understand we make mistakes. And at the same time, I got them counseling. It's not just me went through, they went through too. So, yeah, I, it, it's, it's a mindset. You have to get into a place of you want change. You want to get out of it. 
And now, you know, again, the story says that um, that he, the disciple, walked with this man. He, uh-huh. he eventually, you know, the man was his ankles were healed. He was strong enough to stand up, but he still stayed with him and walked with him and took him into this temple that he was excluded from. Uh-huh. And the man shouted and praised God and celebrated. So I guess what I'm draw- what I'm getting at is that we can't do this by ourselves. Although okay. yes, we do need to stand up, but sometimes we need to find somebody who's willing to stand with us and walk mm-hmm. in solidarity with us. As you said, you, you sought out counseling. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, so that's, that's just a point that there are people, there are support systems out there to, mm-hmm. to help people. And people need to, to um, I would suggest people that are stuck in a bad situation need to um, seek out those who can help them stand up and, and, and get out of it all. Yeah, it, it, I mean, because God took me from my family. He knew my family was naturally killing me mentally and emotionally. And what, you know, they always say blood is thicker than water. I don't believe that anymore. I, the only blood I believe is the blood of Jesus because Amen. that same blood will kill you. So when he separated me from my family, he showed me what family really is. And that's not my blood family. He gave me a whole nother family that I'm so grateful for today that showed me what real love was. Um, showed me that it's okay to express yourself it's okay to come out of your comfort zone without judgment um to let me know you're going to make mistakes but the key word was love i never had that with my parents they never said i love you they never gave you that hug they never showed emotions to you because they didn't have it no it wasn't right what they did for me but i found out because they never had it they couldn't give it to me and i had to forgive my parents i had to forgive my stepfather i had to forgive a lot of people in order for me to move on and forgive myself too and stop blaming me blaming myself for all that went through because if it wasn't for god i wouldn't be here so without forgiveness i couldn't be where i am today it was hard um i had to do a lot of work on me um i still do a lot of work on me i had a lot of hate and anger that i didn't know that was there and god will show you he will pull all that stuff out of you he will not let you move on in relationships until you really are healed and doing the work like the bible said he can't put new wine in old wine skin so you can't move on you can't get in relationships you can't do nothing until you do the work and that's what he wants us to do well you know you said something and and you've said a lot and i really appreciate your your input in this conversation um, often I find that um, people are so, um, you know, encapsulated in their negative experience that one, they can't imagine that there is a God that mm-hmm. much less one that loves them. Mm-hmm. And, and they feel um, shamed and like they deserve what they're going through. Um, so the shame part, uh, at some point we need a breakthrough. To, to, and I think that some of the shame may have come from not only our experience, but some of the theologies that were um, implanted in us as children. Uh-huh. You know, when I was a kid, I just kind of felt like God was some sort of celestial scorekeeper who was just waiting, <laughs> waiting to push that button and, you know, counting uh-huh. up my, my good deeds and my bad ones. And at the end of the day, waiting to push that button to send me into hell. Uh-huh. So, so, and as I, as I matured, I found out that God actually loved me. Yeah, and 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 was was willing to rescue me from my valley of despair. Uh-huh. Amen. So so my my uh, I guess um, salvation then is not just about people going to heaven. Yeah, 
<laughs> Salvation <laughs> includes your rescue right <laughs> now <laughs> in the here and now. Uh-huh. You know, your, your encounter with God happens right now. You can tap into eternity, into eternal life right now. Yes, so true. Mm -hmm. um, I know, I found out at 16 how God is real and that he loved us and, you know, enough was enough. Me and my, like I said, we grew up in a church. I was 16, my sister was 15. Um, the pastor, and I knew he had to show God, show the pastor because nobody but God, nobody knew. We would wear long sleeve clothes, and I'm telling my age, you know, back in the day, we wear stockings and stuff to cover up the bruises and bandage ourselves because we was bleeding. That's how we was beat so much, even before church. And um, so nobody would know we was bleeding. So one day she touched me and she was like, something's not right because my mom would keep us from other people and we couldn't talk to her. We would be rushed to go home. So one day, I think the Lord just let on her heart, um, come here, Nika, let me talk to you. And um, I didn't say anything. And she was like, okay, all right. So back in our day, you know, having counseling at home, well, counseling for us in my home was my parents speaking and not us saying a word. So we had to hear what they said, but we couldn't express ourselves. So this day, um, and I'll never forget this day, she came over with another assistant of hers and we had counseling. And she said, this is the day that you girls are gonna speak. I don't wanna hear nothing from your parents. I just want you guys to talk. And it was so bad, we couldn't even talk. She said, y'all, got these children so um, depressed down that they couldn't even talk. So she made us turn our backs to them and started talking. So I started talking and then my sister, and then she just got up. And it, I mean, I still hear it today. She let out a yell. I mean, this lady cried for us. Nobody ever cried for because nobody knew. My mama never cried for us. She cried for us and held us so tight like she was our mother, like she gave birth to us. And that thing's still, you know, with me to today because I love that lady to death because nobody but God put in her heart to save our, she literally saved our life. I think if we got beat one more time, we would have been dead. So that's why I know God was real for me in that moment because he used her to save me and my baby sister life. Wow, that, that is a tremendous story. And again, you know, it, it reminds me of the, the disciples who encountered this man crippled from mm -hmm. life, right? Crippled at the door of the church. <laughs> and somebody came and was able to, you know, be that voice for them and, mm -hmm. and, and that, um, that God, to, to facilitate that godly intervention. So listen, now, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna close this out, but I mm -hmm. wanna thank you dearly. <laughs> thank for, you for coming on in and sharing your story you know people around the world will hear this and and somebody somewhere it may not be great numbers of people but somebody somewhere may be encouraged by your your testimony and and your words and and my prayers that they are uh, their faith and their hope that they have strength for today and hope for a brighter tomorrow and that they're encouraged to to seek that relationship with God that you talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, emerging from the trauma that you spoke of. And Nikita, I please don't forget, I want you to go to that website. It's, it's okay. on my profile picture and um, and just send me a, maybe a picture so I can put it into you, into this um, this episodes. Okay. It's gonna go up on social media. I plan <laughs> on doing that today. 
<laughs> and, 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 you know, I want to perhaps connect with you. You can send me an email through that website. Okay. You can, you can leave me a voicemail, but I want to connect. I think you have some, a powerful story, and we need to connect again sometime in the future. Okay. Thank you. I really appreciate the time, and thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. God bless you. My prayers are with you. Thank you. All right. So now that um, you've been listening to Faith Talk, and, and I certainly um, thank you, the listeners for being part of this community. Um, the theological views of any of my guests are not always reflective of my own opinions and theology. However, we, we intend to allow people freedom to let their voice be heard and share their experiences um, with God and about God. So with, with our listening audience. So I would like to thank our guest today, Nikita Grant. Who, so, who bravely shared her story. And I also want to thank the people around the world who have joined in as part of this listening community. Please visit the website, www.reverendjstuartglover.com and leave your comments relative to these episodes, which are always open for criticism. You can register as a guest on the show and you can contact me directly by email. Thank you so much. God bless you. We'll be back next week at the same time.